Hey everybody, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. It is Sunday, I'm coming to you from beautiful Harrison, New Jersey. Well, actually I'm in Newark, because I'm near the airport. And I'm here because Atlanta United was beaten four to nothing by Red Bulls last night at Red Bull Arena in a truly just dreadful performance. And I didn't even get empanadas at halftime. Red Bulls had stopped doing that. That was gonna be the highlight of the night seeing as how the team was behind two to nothing in the first half. Of course, Atlanta United has no goal scored, so there's nothing to recap there. Red Bulls goals were all of the self-inflicted variety by Atlanta United. Daniel Edelman in the 32, 32nd minute when the team fell asleep on a throw-in. Caceres in the 45th minute on a turnover. Amaya in the 78th minute on a defensive breakdown and a deflected shot. And then Amaya again in the 90th minute on another defensive breakdown and a deflected shot. You're going to hear from Gonzalo Pineda, Brad Guzan, Caleb Wiley. I'm going to answer the questions you've sent to the mailbag. Some of them are uh, are similar, so I'll do my best to try to sprinkle nuggets of valuable information throughout. Expected goals finish 1.22 for Red Bulls to 0.48, and I'm surprised it was that high for Atlanta United. Red Bulls with 11 shots to Atlanta United's five. Five shots on target to three. Chances created. Atlanta didn't hardly made any, like five. Tiago Almada, zero shots on goal. Zero chances created. It was, uh, yeah, not a very good performance. So if this is your first time listening to us, please make sure to follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so that you never miss an episode. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So with the loss, Atlanta United fell to sixth in the east. It is five points ahead of 10th place Charlotte, five points behind fourth place Philadelphia. It is tied for allowing the most goals in Major League Soccer and tied for second in scoring the most goals in Major League Soccer. It is truly a bizarre, bizarre team. And just to make some of you really happy, the loss snapped Atlanta United's seven-match unbeaten streak, such as it was. It was two wins and five draws. Still, points are points. They're going to be valuable at the end of the season, but you know it wasn't like they were steamrolling anybody. So the first question I asked Pineda is, did Red Bulls do anything? That surprised them. He said no. So my follow-up was, well, then what happened? I think different moments of the game. Um, I felt that till their first goal, uh, we were uh, executing well the game plan. 
disrupting them. Um, actually, creating a good chance with Caleb. Um, a lot of fouls in that part of the game. We were breaking lines, foul, breaking lines, foul, breaking lines, foul. So that's why we couldn't progress the ball a little bit forward in those first uh, 20 minutes of the game. Then the goal comes out of a massive distraction and a throwing. Uh, then obviously uh, it carries over. We couldn't really, really get back to kind of do executing the game plan in the same way. Another goal comes at the end of the first half out of an uh, individual mistake in the build-up. And, uh, and then suddenly in a game that probably you, you were executing very decently the game plan, you are losing. So then after that, you are up the hill trying to chase the game. Uh, and, uh, and I felt that uh, they were better in the important moments. In those transition moments, those transitional moments against these type of teams, uh, there are physical, there are direct, there are um, always uh, willing to do the effort to press, counter press, and uh, to cover for each other. They are all fast, strong. Uh, you have to be better on the ball. You have to be much better. Uh, connect better passes, not too much dribbling, but uh, connecting better the passes to progress the ball forward. And even though today we had way more possession than them, we were not progressing the ball in the best possible way. At the beginning of the second half, we were having a little spell of, you know, better actions, a couple, you know, final third movements, a couple chances, especially in the middle of the second half. Once matchup entered the game, we were a little bit better. Uh, but then at the end, again, another couple individual mistakes in the third and the fourth goal just put a, a force here that is very painful for us. So... You know, a few things, some interesting points by Pineda there. He is right. The team was getting fouled. Uh, every time it would try to build up the field, there would be a foul to disrupt play, but that's what Red Bulls do. That should not have been a surprise at all. Uh, Red Bulls committed 14 fouls. Atlanta United committed 12, so it's not like it was a one-way foul fest in that regard. He talked about the midfield not being able to progress the ball. I think many of us have ideas as to why that was. The midfield just – it does not work as well tactically with Huzetu in the lineup. He's a good guy. Sometimes he plays well, but most of the time the ball just doesn't get going forward. He's kind of reverted back to the player he was at the beginning with the team when most passes were sideways or backward. Is he great in tight spaces? Yes, but if you're trying to get the ball down the field, he is not the guy to do it. Now, I mentioned earlier that Almada uh, didn't take a shot, didn't – create a chance the past five games he has one goal and one assist more and more teams are playing this 4-4-2 that red bulls is, is customary with red bulls designed to clog the middle it's designed to limit the influence of almada by yorgos aspinate if he's concerned about almada's recent performance i will address individually uh the mistakes that we made tonight uh but not publicly so i will you know i, I don't think uh it's about one player struggling or having a bad form I think actually that going to all the, to the other part of the world in a very tight uh, return here and trying to do the best is something that I admire from the three of them uh, Bram, Yaku and Thiago but uh, overall Thiago has been very good but any issues I may have with some individuals, I will address it individually. 
Now, uh, this was brought up on Twitter, and it was something I had thought about a little bit. I knew Atlanta United was not going to play three center backs against Red Bulls because Pineda is going to stick with his formation, and that's what he's going to do. But if you remember last year, Atlanta United played with three center backs because they were running out of bodies, and those were the position group that had the most healthy bodies. And they almost won. Two bad, bad mistakes cost them the points. But I did ask Pineda if he thought about switching back to three center backs for this game. Not really. Not really. It's a different uh, moment of the game, uh, of the season, I'm sorry. We've been uh, pretty solid with the back four. Uh, at times in the rotations, we do the back three in certain moments. Uh, I didn't think about that uh, this for this game. Now, Mike Conti tweeted out, and I included in my follow story, which you can find on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, that when Miles Robinson isn't in the lineup for Atlanta United this season, it has been outscored 14-4, to which is not very good at all. Now, obviously, Miles is with the U.S. for the Gold Cup and could miss as many as five more matches, though that seems unlikely based upon the way the U.S. played last night in a 1-1 draw with Jamaica. Abram came in last night when he was signed. You know, we were told ad nauseum he was a cerebral center back. He, he's a guy who could complete a pass. He's a guy who read the game well. I, you know, I thought he played decently last night. I don't think he made any of the major mistakes that we saw in his first couple of starts. But he's also he's also suffered an injury. Pineda doesn't think it's serious. We'll see. But if Abram can't go on Sunday, at lining out his next game is Sunday, against Philadelphia, it'll be Noah Cobb. Cobb has a bright, bright future. But playing Philadelphia, that's a whole different animal right now. So I, went, I wanted to follow up with Pineda on the first goal about the issues the team has switching off on dead balls and set pieces. This was a throw-in by Red Bulls in Atlanta United's defensive third. The throw was taken over Andrew Gutman's head onto Edelman. Franco Ibarra kind of slid over but didn't really slide over, and the, he just Edelman just waltzed into the six-yard box and blasted a shot to the near post past Guzan. I wanted Pineda's take on if this was an issue with the players switching off or if there was something else. Yeah, I think we were solving very well their direct uh, throwings. They were throwing uh, every time inside our box, um, and we're solving those very well. It's not easy because they are very physical again. They're always looking to shield the ball, to use their bodies to to create chaos. Second balls in there, and they're very fast to counter. In that particular play, I think they tried to pass the mark. Caleb tried to pass the mark to Andrew. Andrew wasn't paying attention in, in that action, in that switch. And then Caleb stepped up to a guy that was uh, on the back of the guy taking the throwing. And then they took that space, no reaction for anyone else. And then we concede the first goal. There you go. Brad Guzan, a leader that he is, came to answer questions from us. Here he is talking about the goals allowed. Goals change games and we switch off. Balls in the back of the net. Second one before half. You never want to concede right before the, the, the end of the first half. And then the third and fourth, obviously, you know, deflections and, and whatnot. But at that point, we're chasing the game and, and trying to get back into it. And then I asked him, how, how does the team bounce back next week against Philadelphia? We've got to move on. You know, it's it's not easy. You, you've got to got to be strong mentally, and and we've got to have a good week and and look forward to to the Philadelphia game. And then you know, he and I have had to talk many times about the team switching off mentally uh, the past few seasons. This is again a problem long before Pineda, and here he is talking about that trouble. 
I don't know. It's, it's too easy for a guy to run off our shoulder and get into the corner of the six unopposed. You know, when 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 we're defending, we we need to be stronger. We need to be tighter. We need to be more resilient. Um, it's too easy for teams in terms of the opportunities that they get and the the, the chances that that we end up giving away. You know, we're going to get punished every day when we give away the, the the chances that we give away, and so we need to we need to stick together um, and and roll our sleeves up and, like I said, have a good week and get ready for the Philly game. And then Pineda was asked uh, by some of the Spanish-speaking media about some things, and one of them was that there will be transfers coming in. So I followed up with Brad on just the importance of transfers coming in and creating some competition and getting some fresh blood on the roster. It's always important. Uh, we talk about being a big club. We talk about wanting to 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 be at the top, and and part of part of that is is bringing in fresh faces and competition for for places on the field, and that's a that's a daily battle. And again, it's just it's not fun for the players, particularly after a loss like that, to have to come and and answer questions. And I appreciate Guzan doing that. It's yeah. You know, I assume it's one of the responsibilities as a team captain, but he always handles it well and always gives good answers. The uh, only other guy who wanted to talk last night was Caleb Wiley. Here he is describing what happened against Red Bulls. I just don't think we one came in with the right mentality. Um, you could see it from the the very start. Um, yes, we created some chances, and we were a threat um, in, in moments of the game, but. I thought that um, we didn't we didn't want it. Um, you know, they they they're a team that you you have to come out on the front foot and be ready to, to go to war. And I just don't think that we were um, wanting that tonight. Yeah, that answer is uh, illuminating from Caleb and both surprising because every team in MLS knows when you're coming to play Red Bulls, you've got to go toe to toe. You can't out technique them. They're simply not going to allow the game to be played like that. So I asked him if, if he was surprised by that. No, it shouldn't be surprising because, like, I mean, we, we know what they're capable of, of doing. Um, we've played them in the past, and, you know, that's, that's, that's Red Bull soccer. They're very aggressive. Um, and, you know, they're a, they're a second ball, second ball you know, team. And um, we, we, just, we just, you know, we should have done better tonight. And then here's Caleb talking about adjusting without Miles Robinson. He's a very special player, and he's a he's a key player to our team. And uh, yeah, we do miss him. But you know, when when teams like when players like that you know go away for national team camp, you know the there's other players that have to step up. And um, and it it doesn't matter who it is. Um, you know, Noah Cobb is you know now getting that chance to get minutes, and uh, Louisa Brom as well. Um, and, you know, you just have to be able to step up and play your game. All right. When we come back, we're going to dive into the mailbag. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze. Tropical beach. An air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has a special offer for our podcast listeners. If you subscribe today, you can get three months of unlimited digital access for just 99 cents. That's all of our sports coverage, our politics, our breaking news, our investigations, our food and dining, and so much more. Plus access to our e-paper and our assortment of newsletters. So join our community by going to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcasts. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcasts. So you always know what's really going on. And I want to give a special plug. You know, in the past, I've given a plug to our Sunday sports magazine. But this Sunday, we have a story written by Matt Kempner uh, with video by Ryan Horn. There's going to be a little documentary film that accompanies it called The Dancer. It is a fantastic and sad story told by those two about a very famous dancer who ended up homeless and dying in Atlanta uh, mysteriously. It is a, it, it'll really get you. I hope you'll take a few minutes today, find it, uh, read it. I tweeted it out yesterday. The headline is simply the dancer. Some of you may know this guy. He's been in uh you may have seen him in a Michael Jackson video. You may have seen him in some other things that, that he was in before his life was uh, tragically cut short. All right. On to questions about soccer. The phone-in line is 404-526-AJCP. That's 404-526-2527. Daniel says we didn't get any call-ins. You can't see him, but he is in tears on the other side of my computer monitor. I I don't know what I'm going to be able to do to console him. He's got all the Doug coffee. He says it's not enough. I can't send him Carvel ice cream because I'm selfish. So if you want to call and just cheer him up, tell him a joke. He might appreciate that. Mika from Midtown says, hi, Doug, huge fan of your show from Midtown. Well, hi, Mika. It's very, I think this might be your first time writing in. So we appreciate it. How do you think Pineda would react if asked to try a different style of playing that's more aggressive going forward and less conservative and playing out of the back? Can we have less possession, but try to move quicker on the attack? When will he start to feel a fire under his butt? We're all very tired of this back passing, and for the love of God, can we ban Guzan from playing with his feet? He almost got dispossessed tonight. Thanks, Doug. Hope to bump into you sometime so I can fanboy. Well, uh, if you see me out and about, Mika, please feel free to say hello. That's how I met Tim. That's how I met Brett from Inman Park. Some of the good guys out there. So a couple of things. Now, his style is not going to change. It's not. This is what he knows. This is what he coaches. This is what Atlanta United hired him to do. This is how the team is going to play. And when the team plays like this, sometimes the goalkeeper is going to be put into challenging situations in which a mistake might be made. But you just hope that, you know, the rest of the time, the ball gets out to where it's supposed to go and off the team goes. This is the gamble. And this is true of any system. There is no perfect tactical system. There simply isn't. You you do try to adjust your tactics to the talent you have, and off you go. And you don't try to fit players into tactics simply because those are your tactics. That never makes any sense. And I don't think Pineda is doing that. 
I understand your your frustration. I do wish sometimes the team would would play in a low block and try to get out on counters because they have the speed, they have the skill to do that. But that is not what Pineda wants to do. I've I've bemoaned this many times on the podcast before, and it's not going to change anything. But I appreciate the question, Mika. Thank you very much. Chance, friend of the podcast, says, I hope your trip to New Jersey was better than the game. That is a, a low bar, Chance. Man, that Red Bulls counterattacking soccer hasn't been doing too well this season. I do need to point out that Red Bulls had only scored 13 goals in 18 games until they scored a season-high four against Atlanta. He says, I believe Pineda has been doing a decent job, but he had a pretty good lineup tonight, and it got torn apart. Obviously, having Miles gone is a big piece, and this game only grows my concern of what our options are after he heads off to his next venture. I also fear Red Bulls just gave the league a blueprint on how to play against us. Hopefully, this was a one-time loss, and we can rally a decent result against Philly. Thank you for your ongoing coverage, and enjoy your coffee. Well, thanks, Chance. I'm always amused at hotels that serve coffee at like 250 degrees. So you can get the cup of coffee, but you can't come close to drinking. It has to sit out for like 20 to 30 minutes and hope that you go through an ice age before it's uh, palatable. So a couple of things about your points. You could say that Atlanta United's offense was very much affected by Red Bull's tactics. Atlanta United's defense, I know Red Bull scored four goals, but the goals all came from the first two. First was an individual error. The second was a turnover. It wasn't a tactical thing. The last two were deflected shots off of individual mistakes when the team is chasing a result. At that point, it really doesn't matter. They could have given up 10 more goals, and it really wouldn't have mattered. Those first two were the, were the ones that changed the game. Neither, in my opinion, came from Atlanta United's tactics. It simply came from individual errors. Now, can those errors need to be coached and corrected and corrected and coached? Yes. Tactically, I'm not sure how much they contributed to Pineda's tactics contributed to Red Bull's goals. Um, if you're saying that the tactics need to be better to break Red Bull's press, a lot of teams have had trouble breaking Red Bull's press over the years. Even Tata had trouble breaking Red Bull's press over the years. The one win Atlanta United got against Red Bulls in a meaningful game came because Red Bulls didn't play the Red Bulls way. They decided they weren't going to press Atlanta United for some bizarre reason by Armas, and Atlanta United took advantage. Appreciate the questions. Coffee sip. Zish says, I'm hearing we're going to be very active in the summer window. Well, yeah, Pineda has said it twice, and Garth has said it, and I think Carlos has said it. So you are correct. As you know, Garth was left in a similar situation as Arthur Smith when he took the Falcons' job in regard to payroll and cap. Pineda is getting a pass this year, even though it's extremely painful for the fan base. Okay, not really any questions in there, but some thoughts. I appreciate the thoughts, Zish. You know, Atlanta isn't six. It is above the playoff line. It does have a lot of opportunities to play the teams that it's competing with, so it can get some separation if it can win those games. Again, it's just a weird It's a weird team. I've said that all year, but it's still a weird team. His dudeness says, Pineda went with three CBs on the road against Red Bulls. Good call. And it looked like the team nearly had them figured out. With Miles home, well, he's not at home. He's with the U.S. in the Gold Cup. And Parata and Abram both struggling and given 2024 roster considerations, does it make sense to perhaps target a TAM, Max TAM CB to come in and help close out the season? I, yeah, I don't, I never know about overspending on center backs. You know, the team has done that in the past and it has not worked out. Fernando Meza, Alan Franco, 
Um, just because you spend Max Tam or Tam, it doesn't mean the pl- you're going to get a player that's going to make a difference. Abram hasn't gotten to play consistently. He might be that type of guy that just needs consistent minutes to show what he can really do. I, you know, Brata had the giveaway on the goal last night. I still don't know why Franco Albara ducked when the pass was coming at him. Maybe it was just coming with such pace he didn't quite know what to do. All right. Kevin says, why, 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 his three whys, does Atlanta United continue to play in a manner that they know will result in a loss against Red Bulls? Seven years and counting. The stubbornness is amazing. It does remind me of the first meeting this season, uh, the um, – Thursday availability, and Sam Jones asked Pineda, why? <laughs> You're going to try to play through Red Bull's press, why? And Gonzalo gave his answer. Uh, you know, he took the questions right. It was it was a good question. It was well asked. I mean, you know, you can dress it up and flower it up, but that is the question to ask. Kevin continues, there is the constant narrative list, listening to other media that this team is just unlucky. What are your thoughts? I think we are upper mid-team and we just don't have good enough players and players that aren't soccer smart. I think in some ways the team is unlucky. You look at the goals it gives up, you're like, well, that wouldn't happen again in another game at another stadium. But it keeps happening, and it's been happening for several years. So at some point you just have to take it into account. I mean, Pineda doesn't coach them to make errors. The players don't want to make errors, but they make errors. It's a bizarre – it's just a bizarre team with bizarre results. And, you know, if you could put your finger on, well, this player consistently makes this type of mistake, then you could take them out or you could coach them up. But it's not what happens. It's like one game, it's this player and this type of mistake. The next game, it's this player and another type of mistake. And the game after that is a third player and a third type of mistake. There's just no consistency to the errors. I mean, the, the problems in attack, there were some consistencies and, and those have they're attempting to be addressed. And I will point out that the team is, you know, tied for the second most goals scored in Major League Soccer. So if you want to argue, well, some of those are individual moments of brilliance, well, yeah, I would agree. But that's also why they pay so much for those players. Anyway, Dave says, what's your take on why our midfield can't get the ball forward? Amada is the only one that gets the ball forward. Well, he didn't last night. I addressed this earlier. Mateus was that too. If you're counting on him to advance the ball, that is not going to happen. It's just not. There's enough sample size to show. If you wanted to play him in a game in which you have the lead, and then you bring him on to control the tempo with side passes and back passes, all that is well and good. But if you're asking him to advance the ball and break lines, that is simply not what he's – that's not his instinct. Dave says, love the podcast and thanks for all you do. Well, thank you. Coffee sip. Will says the team is actually worse midseason than they were at the beginning. Not mentally prepared, not physically motivated, pathetic effort. Too much talent to lose like that. All right, Will. Eric with a K, friend of the podcast, says outplayed, outcoached, outclassed. And per the norm, the defense was a cluster. Absolute garbage. So why do I continue wasting my time watching Atlanta United road matches? Because you want to listen to my podcast and have the proper context for the answers and questions, Eric. That's why. Because we go back so far, back to Georgia, back to J school, and we just have this connection, this bond, Eric, that we can't break. Either that or you just you know don't have a lot going on. I don't know. Adam says, in the questions of the week, 
I understand the chorus of fear that overtakes Atlanta fans when Guzan is dribbling, but at times it felt like he should have brought the ball out further before passing it off, forcing a change of shape in the opposing team. Thoughts? Uh, That's a little bit dangerous, especially against a pressing team, Um, especially when the past few weeks we've seen goalkeepers get beaten with long-range shots. So I don't think that that was an issue last night. Adam continues. Can we be honest? Well, I hope so. I hope we're always honest, Adam, and say that Almada has been close to average for the past eight appearances. I wouldn't say eight. I would say three or four. Yes, his teammates aren't helping sometimes, but he's also forcing a lot at times when playing simply would do. Uh, I mean, that's an interesting take. I don't think he was forcing. I just don't think he was sharp. Um, And I also have never traveled to Jakarta, trained, and then sat and not played, and then flown back from Jakarta, and then been asked a couple of days later to play in a professional soccer match. So I have no idea how his body was feeling, how his mind was, none of that. I know he's a professional athlete, but you just can't ask your body to do something if it just isn't there. So I'm going to put some of last night's performance up to just travel fatigue, jet lag, things like that. He continues, tonight's display typified why I was so frustrated after Wednesday's result. Atlanta can't afford to drop points from winnable situations because they're not consistently good enough to assume they can beat anybody. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's a team with a lot of talent, but again, just when it makes a mistake, that mistake gets punished. And there may be more mistakes that it makes that just aren't as noticeable in which it doesn't get punished, but the big mistakes definitely get punished. And you know, actually, this is going to sound weird. But that is a good sign for the development of Major League Soccer, that when teams do make big mistakes, the other team is good enough to punish them. If you want to find some silver lining in all of that. And the last question, most important, what's the plan to fix the defense? (sighs) Well, you know, there's a couple of different things you can do. Number one, you keep the ball and take the pressure off the defense. But last night, Atlanta United could not keep the ball. Just couldn't. Couldn't at all. Tried. Didn't work. One shot on goal in the first half that came from a, a really nice pass by Parata to Gigi, a diagonal. who hit a, a very nice header to an oncoming Wiley. He had to take the shot with his right foot. If he was able to take it with his left, he might have been able to put it in. The other option is you put more numbers on defense, the the bunker and counter, which is what I'm an advocate of, as, as y'all heard me say a thousand times as I shout at the wind. The other is you bring in um, some more talent, perhaps a central midfielder. You know, I've said, I think y'all agree. I think the team works best when it's Abada as defensive midfielder and Sadich as the central midfielder. But you can also argue that neither Sadich nor Huzetu nor Fortune yet have won that job. And we are now, what, 20 games into the season, I think. So, Somebody needs to win it, so they might bring in somebody to win it and just let Fortune continue to develop and let Sadich, uh, I don't know if he's got I got a, if he's got a two-year deal. I know Hizetu's at the end of his deal. There's an option on it, but I'll be stunned if the team picks it up. Uh, take the job and go because it's just it's, – it's a, it's a, I don't want to call it a hole in the lineup, but it's a, a position that I think you could get some more production out of. All right, we are going to wrap up this podcast. Again, Atlanta United, four to nothing losers to Red Bull here in Harrison, New Jersey. Next game is next Sunday against Philadelphia at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. 
We'll have uh, media availability this week, uh, two different sets. The next podcast will be to preview the Atlanta United-Philadelphia game unless we get some news. The summer transfer window opens for MLS teams to bring in players July 5th. The summer transfer windows in leagues like in Europe and Italy opens July 1st to bring in players. So we may have some news coming uh, next week about some Atlanta United players. And if so, if it's big enough, we'll do an emergency podcast. I'll find Daniel. I think he's in Uzbekistan right now. I don't think he's the one that fermented the almost revolution in Russia, but you can never be too sure anymore. As always, hug your loved ones, communicate with your loved ones. This is Southern Fried Soccer. Y'all take care. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. In Atlanta, One Voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com.